0: Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Marty, alongside John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Uh, no, Dave. Tonight, um, he has other commitments. I think this evening. I think that's mostly looking after his children. Um Nice little festive jingle there as the as, as the episode is opening. Um, we are see
1: that our graphic designer has clearly been hard at work <laughs> once again.
0: Um yeah, nothing special. But yeah, I added a nice little Christmas jumper effect to the, the logo for anybody who's watching on the YouTube. And also uh, the video. sleigh
1: bells. I'm a, I'm a big fan and of the, yeah, sleigh, bells, the sleigh bells.
0: Yeah. We're 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 currently in the middle, well, tail end of the festive period. Uh, as of recording this, we are new year's eve eve as of listening to this or watching this it'll be new year's eve so we are less than 24 hours away from a new year um so um (laughs) I think what we'll do is though we'll wait. Uh I'll wait and ask you guys uh all about your uh, hockey themed Christmas presents until later. Uh we'll leave that for our overtime segment. Um so in the meantime, I suppose just to ask, I suppose really. John, we'll start with you. You're in a, a different setting there. Um you look like you're in a, a Canadian lodge of some description. Um and I think you've really you look like you've added on an additional um like checkered shirt, like lumberjack oh, yeah, shirt I'm just in to make... the...
1: I'm in the i I'm in the flannel. I'm getting right into the, the feel of this. Um yeah, so I'm in the house in Scotland. Um so my wife and I, we've been here for Christmas. Um and yeah, it's been good fun. Uh I was gonna say that I've missed loads of games, or I was supposed to have missed loads of games. Uh, but I haven't. I think so far I've only missed one game. Mm. Um and yeah, Christmas was Christmas was great. I've eaten far too much. Um and what with being in Scotland, especially today, I've eaten far too much deep fried food. So um <laughs> Yeah. Did you have uh, a deep fried Mars bar? I didn't, but I had almost everything else that was deep fried on the menu.
0: So you've had like three deep fried haggis then?
1: I've had a jumbo haggis.
2: <laughs> a jumbo it's, haggis?
1: It's a, it's a different thing altogether, but it's a jumbo haggis. It's a lot of haggis, deep fried, and it's just artery clogging yumminess. And I paired it with something a little bit maybe left field. And uh, I went with deep fried chicken pakora.
0: <laughs> I, who knew that existed just only in scotland i guess is the only way to Absolutely. really only way to really put what's,
2: that what's been the best thing that you've ever had this is going completely off topic here but um what have you what's the best thing that you've had that's been deep fried i can't go past the deep
1: fried mars bar used to have them at school it was one of the chippies down in the town where i went to high school they did um the deep fried mars bars and yeah there's a reason i left high school
2: about 22 stone I, See, I, I've only had one deep-fried Mars bar, and I think one of the chippies around around here done it once. And I saw it on Just Eat. So the problem was that you know you order it on Just Eat, and then it's not fried and then and then you get half an hour later, and it's cold, and it's and it wasn't as it an wasn't adult a great experience.
1: <laughs> as an adult, I would strongly recommend never having one sober.
0: Okay. Like, They just don't appeal to me at all. They just sound. Everything about it just sounds gross. I'm not a fan of Mars bars, first off. So. I don't eat Mars bars, so a, a deep fried version of the thing would just be even you know worse. You're not one of these weird
1: people that likes a bounty, are you?
0: No, I hate bounty as well. I'm not a big, ah, big That's all right. It's the one. We can still be friends then. Yeah, bounty's the. the you know, the. There's a reason it's,
2: why they're, they're always the last in the celebrations. I was just about to say it's yep. festive
0: period, so the festive period, you always get big boxes of chocolates people will give you out, and we've got a celebrations. And I know fine rightly, in a couple months' time, whenever I go to the celebrations box, be like, oh, is there anything left? It'll be all the bounties or the caramel. Which call those caramel galaxy caramels because neither me or my wife eat Gal- galaxy caramels either we don't like caramel yeah they're a bit grim yeah they're grim and um, so they're always left Aaron's Aaron sitting there going what are you crazy i love those galaxy <laughs> the
2: caramel is chocolate caramel what's not the like <laughs> <laughs> um and Aaron, galaxy chocolate in particular
0: Aaron, how about you how was uh, how's been how's your festive period been so far
2: it's oh, been great always good to see friends and family and um, and have, have a few wee drinks this is our last christmas in this house yeah, um, we're, we're moving in in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so we're now living in boxes around boxes. I feel like a like that episode from Friends where Joe, not Joey, it's it's Ross and Chandler. yep. Like a- uh, someone makes a a box for me. That's pretty much what our house is like at the moment. Um, and I was telling John earlier. I Decided to pour myself a zero percent Guinness because I'm responsible, <clears throat> and had to pour it in a normal glass because. The idiot here decided to pack. It was a good
0: idea to pack all of the pint glasses. <laughs> That's a thing. So, so iron's on 0% Guinness. John, you're on the full 100% alcohol beer. Yeah, for the
1: first time. 100%, really, alcohol? 100% alcohol?
2: No, but you know me. what I 100% alcohol. So, I
1: this is not an ad at all, but uh, my sister in law sent me um, some Bayonet Brewing uh, Index double IPA, uh, which it turns out is uh, for those on YouTube, there you are um turns out it's eight percent so i make no guarantees about how the end of this podcast is going to go i've also made a point that i can very quickly make my hands to the whiskey
0: (laughs) and i am on tea
2: get your get your hand quickly on the the bleep button for john talking about (laughs) (laughs) as the
0: episode goes on we'll, we'll we'll start thinking about using that button more and more as he starts to kind of start throwing out the expletives um Guys, did... Uh, so what about do- you, Marty?
1: How no, it was, well, what what about about you?
0: You? yeah. What about you? Yeah, it was uh it's been it's been it's been okay, yeah, it's been fine. Um I think I, I make no uh I, I think everybody knows I'm not a big massive fan of Christmas anyway in the festive period, but it's been nice just being off work, getting a bit of a break. Um and yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of socializing and, and doing stuff with family and stuff and I'm not saying it's too much, but um I, I, I like to kind of have my own time to kinda of chill as well. So it's been busy. We were out at the Odyssey today. We were down at the sorry not the Odyssey. What well, it hasn't been called that in a while. Uh, we're down at the SSE today for the uh skate, the 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 public skate sessions. Um it was pretty fun. It was pretty good and it was very busy. Um but yeah, great crack as usual. Um you were and- there
2: yesterday as well for your second view of
0: uh, S- Spider Man. Well. Mm-hmm. I was mm. um although we went local yesterday we stayed at the cinema that's like literally two minutes from our house. Not even two minutes like oh. you walk you know, just down the bottom of our street there's a cinema um so we went to that one last night but it was good yeah it was very good and uh, spider-man again second time around just as good as the first time
2: yeah Uh, like if we start going down that route we'll not talk about hockey exactly so let's get stuck into hockey (laughs) it has been
0: an eventful two weeks since our last recording um and we will try and round up all the stuff that's been going on and all the stuff that's currently happening um across the uk especially given the current circumstances around covid and everything that's going on but we'll get stuck into that in period one to start with, we will start off with what we always do and do a quick rundown of the league standings, both here in the Elite League as well as across the pond in the NHL. So, starting here in the Elite Ice Hockey League, uh, Sheffield Steelers still sit top with 20 games played and 33 points. She- uh, Cardiff Devils are in second with 21 games played and 27 points. Belfast Giants are in third with 17 games played, and 24 points. Guildford are in fourth with 19 games played and 19 points. Manchester are in fifth with 18 games played and 18 points. Nottingham are in 6th with 16 games played and 16 points. Coventry in 7th with 16 games played and 14 points. Dundee in 8th with 17 games played and 13 points. Glasgow in 9th with 15 games played and 12 points. And Fife Flyers in 10th place with 17 games and 10 points. Um, So again bits and pieces have changed mostly around that middle section you know that that kind of second to fifth positions have kind of changed slightly since our last recording but still holding on to that top spot is Sheffield Steelers uh temporarily for now anyway um John let's start with you um again um not much changing. We've 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 had a bit of a chat about this in our previous episode. You know, Sheffield's looking strong there at the top, um, followed by in second and third place with the Giants and 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 Cardiff kind of swapping those places around a bit. Um, what's your thoughts so far coming this well we would say coming up towards the middle section, I suppose, because we're coming out of festive period, but we've still got technically four months of hockey left. Uh what's your thoughts there?
1: Uh well, first thing with everything that's been going on, we've certainly got a lot more than four months of hockey left. Uh, if we have four months of hockey left. Um, looking at the table, yeah, you said it, Sheffield are sitting top, sitting clear. Um, I don't think at this point, anyone with games in hand on them can catch them, uh, if they make up those games. Now, obviously that doesn't include games that those people have against them. That would obviously change things around a little bit. We obviously know that we've had a, a missed game, uh, against them because of COVID and everything that's happened there. Um, the Giants are making their way up. It's been good to see. I think we're now on a six-win streak um, over the, the last few weeks, um, obviously with gaps, with going into the COVID protocol, whatever that is in the Elite League. Uh, none of us know. Probably pick a, pick a protocol out of the MS bag, and that's what the Elite League uh, COVID protocol is. Um, Guilford, I'm quite happy to see, still sitting mid-table. Um, they they started strong they've dropped off a little bit and still to have sort of point production one point per game is i think pretty good for them at this point i think they'd be quite happy to see that and then coming into the run uh, towards the second half of the season i'd like to see them stay solidly in that that middle um mm. but i mean the, the top of the table is looking pretty solid with the sort of three four teams up there um bottom of the table also looking pretty solid <laughs> Uh, with the the teams that are down there, which is really unfortunate. You talk about problems with games with COVID. At this point, the clan are still going to be playing this season games next season. Uh, if they continue on, it seems to be every team that gets mm. put into the protocol has a game against the clan. And they are getting to the stage that come March, they are going to be playing two or three games every weekend, if not one or two in the middle of the week as well. It's It's getting preposterous for them
0: yeah i agree i mean that that, that situation we'll talk about this a bit more detail in, in period one but you're right it looks like it's going to be how they're going to fit all of these these missing games how are they going to fit in where is they going to find the time to fit them in um, i suppose obviously given the fact that they have a bit more um i suppose they have a bit more freedom now around their own ice ice I suppose, and suppose they can they can kind of obviously make their own you know dates and stuff i suppose helps but again you're right it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of pick up on that. Uh, Aaron, um, coming over to you. Um, you know, John's kind of already mentioned it a bit there, but you know, obviously we've got that that bottom half. So from say position six from Nottingham Panthers having a an awful season this year. Uh, you know, obviously they've had they haven't been able to. They obviously haven't been able to pick their season up at all. It's just it's just been awful. Um but obviously those three bottom teams, Dundee, Glasgow and Fife, you know, the three Scottish teams really struggling. Um your thoughts and your take?
2: As John said, unfortunately that's that's just that's just the <laughs> Unfortunately. It's a horrible it's a, such a horrible thing to say and I feel so bad for saying it. But looking at the bottom of the table, the Nottingham Panthers are the only ones that feel out of place. Mm yeah they do Uh, i would love i would love to see the clan uh, and the dummy stars get a bit more clan i would i would suspect a bit more obviously from them but they're they're having a bit of a rough time as you said with the rice and getting those games in so that will change for them if if they get the games in Mm. um yeah um you go ahead
0: Yeah, I guess I suppose the only thing I would say about Glasgow is obviously, you know, we we talked about the fact that, you know, they did start a month or so later than everyone else. But I mean, they've I mean, they've played 15 games. I mean, that's one game less than, you know, the nearest you know, the nearest two game. you know, the, like Nottingham and Coventry have yeah. only played 16 each, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, there there is a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of an argument there where you could say they're they're definitely struggling. You can see they're struggling with having played the 15 games only, and only racked up 12 points from those 15 games. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it just seems like it's a, a diff, difficult game, a difficult season that's going on there. But, and we will, we as I say, we will talk about it more in period one because um, we have a lot more to talk about just in relation to what's been going down.
2: It is an interesting season though, because so we've got Panthers below the middle point, and we've got the Steelers right at the top. Like that's 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 a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed.
0: <laughs> it is. Um, we're going to look over, um, if it's okay with you guys, um, I'm going to switch over to Cross the Pond and look at the NHL um, standings and we'll take a look at the Eastern Conference, the Metropolitan Division first. Um, so sitting in top place there is Washington with 32 games played and 45 points, fired up by Carolina in second place with 29 games played and 43 points. And the New York Rangers sit in third with 31 games and 42 points. Uh, in the Atlantic Division there we have Tampa Bay, Sitting top with 31 games played and 46 points, Toronto are sitting in second with 30 games played and 42 points, and Florida sitting in third with 30 games played and 42 points. Uh, wild card spots there currently are held by Pittsburgh and Detroit. Uh, Philadelphia just sitting there third in the wild card spot, so just slightly out of yeah. out of contention at the moment, but still looks
2: that's better than it was last time. Better we're, than it was we well below,
0: and we've still got <laughs> loads of games still to come. Um, uh, within the NHL. This is, we're getting towards that point of the, the NHL season where we start to kind of our ears pick up more and we start to kind of watch more because we're kind of more interested because it's starting to look at the wildcard spots as you can tell um looking across then across the other side of the country looking at the western side of things in the central division uh sitting top there st louis with 32 games played and 41 points followed by minnesota in second with 30 games played and 40 points and nashville in third with 31 games played and 39 points in the pacific division then sitting on the top there is vegas with 33 games played 42 points Anaheim in second with thirty three games played and forty one points, and Calgary in third with twenty eight games played and thirty six points. The wild card spots are held by Colorado and Edmonton. Then, um, it's been a it's been a, again another interesting season, um, so far in the NHL. Um, and again a lot of things going down um over the course of this last two weeks especially even not even the last two weeks in the space of this last week a lot of stuff happening and there's about three stories that um specifically that i'm going to touch upon in period two because i think it's really it's going to have a massive impact on the nhl moving forward um currently um and one of those does affect the toronto maple leaf so i kind of want to give my opinion on that whenever we get to that stage in period two but i'll come to you guys i mean um John, we've we talked about it already and I'm sure, and, and Dave's not here, we've got uh, Minnesota sitting in second um, and he's happy. We've got two games in hand over St. Louis um, with only one point behind them, so they're looking good still. Nashville in third though, happy happy man there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only, only problem that we've got there is that games played differential, especially with Colorado sitting on our heels, um, only a, um, a few points behind, but with a number of games in hand. They're, they're sitting with four games in hand. Uh, over Nashville. Um, in fact, they're sitting with a number of games in hand uh, to the teams above them. So I would expect them to start to play into that top three. Um, Nashville, they're hit and miss this season. Uh, we're either getting absolutely great wins or we're getting absolutely devastating losses. Uh, the closest one was uh, last night after COVID, coming out of COVID protocol or the COVID break, really, that the league took. Um we ended up with a five three loss to the Caps, um, which, I mean, a loss to the Caps is a loss to the Caps. It's a loss to the Great Eight, but um, it's. I remain, I will remain surprised if we are not relying on a wild card spot to get through to playoffs, and if we don't get the playoffs, let's just say I'll not be drowning my sorrows. I'll not be wasting the good whiskey.
0: <laughs> well um that's I mean it's fair enough to say. I mean it's it I mean they they seem to have came off a start a kind of a, a rough start to their season, um I guess. And I think there was like we, we kinda jumped around at the start of the early part, early, very early doors of the season. Uh they seem to really struggle to take form, but they seem to have definitely turned things around a bit more in this coming up towards this this festive period and stuff and um you it'd just be interesting need to
2: see. lose ten games in a row like the Flyers and then any <laughs> win you're like, Yes <laughs> ten, ten ten games see. in a row and then we're
1: then we're clearly gonna win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Yep.
0: They the, um that's
2: exactly how it works. <laughs> if we
0: if we if we if we revert, if we go, uh do a call back to the the movie we were talking about um in the uh, earlier at the start of the podcast, uh Spider Man, uh what is it that uh MJ says in that movie? Is that um if you don't have if you set your expectations low, then you can't be disappointed. Is that what it was she says or yep. something like that? So mm-hmm. you know, I always go into every season with Toronto being that way. So you know. can
1: low, you know. low expectation, <laughs> low disappointment.
0: That's it. Exactly. Uh, and with that cheery thought, <laughs> um, guys, I think we're going to get stuck into period one. Um, as I say, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to catch up on. Um, I know we we have want to have a full discussion around a couple of different bits pieces, um, and pieces. And I'll say I've got more for period two as well around the current NHL situation. So let's get stuck into our main show. All right, period one is a roundup of all of the stories from... Local coverage, I suppose, from around the UK. Um, I'm actually going to start this app. Uh, start. We're going to actually start the period one. Actually, John, with um, from, with your set. Over to you first, if that's okay. Um, and this is obviously news has um came out from the London Panthers since our last recording.
1: Uh yeah. So this was the sad news that a few days ago, a couple of days after Christmas, um, that uh, Gary Moran, their uh, former uh, general manager, unfortunately passed away, uh, on early morning on the 27th of December. Um, the last podcast, we spoke uh, very briefly about the fact that Gary had made the difficult decision to step down as GM of the Panthers. Um, and clearly things were uh, a lot worse health-wise than uh, even what he was um, sort of letting out to people. Um, and unfortunately, through a a short uh, Battle with illness Gary passed away um, and will be deeply lost i mean gary's a a character who i mean i've been following the elite League and whatever guys it's been for probably about fourteen years now, and Gary's one of those one of those people that potentially could be polarizing uh with um sort of some views on sort of business sense and the business end of the uh, the game, but as far as it came to supporting the game in Britain. Uh, there was probably no one bigger, no one more important than uh, than Gary, and he will be incredibly, incredibly missed within the the elite league and within hockey in uh, the UK. Uh, so we just want to send our our well wishes to to Gary's family and friends, and uh, to everyone at the Nottingham Panthers as well uh, as they they deal with this. It's worth noting that there was an impeccably uh, looked at um, moments uh, remembrance at uh, the the game that night uh, between the Nottingham Panthers and the Sheffield Steelers, which also happened to be the premier sports game of the week as well. Um, So it was great that he was able to be remembered on that platform as well.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, You know, in in true hockey tradition, um, we won't do him in a sense, we'll do a stick tap um, to Gary. uh, As you say, uh, polarizing figure at times, but no doubt could never be argued his passion, his determination and just his sheer love I suppose for the the Nottingham Panthers was always there um and that shone through um and I think he was a definitely a, a figure that will be mixed um massively uh, within that organisation. No
2: matter what. <coughs> still a part of the hockey family.
0: Indeed. 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 Uh, guys, so let's get a look at a roundup of stories and everything else that's going on. Just kind of Clear things up in terms of what we're stand, what we're looking at at the moment in in terms of the situation here in 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 UK. I was about to say Northern Ireland, but no, it's the UK as a whole and the Elite League as a whole. Uh, we, if if you're listening from outside of the UK, just to kind of put it in context. Um, the Elite League is made up of four nations across the United Kingdom: um, Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, and Wales. Each of those nations have. You know, devolved governments, they have their own say in terms of how things are governed within their own uh, their own area. So in terms of things like COVID protocols and in terms of things that are happening from a, I suppose, a community sense and from a political government sense, each area will have a different say on terms of restrictions in relation to how things are happening within the community. For example, in Northern Ireland, uh, our restrictions now are in place that basically restricts uh, the number of people gathering in in indoors and outdoors and, and all that sort of stuff. But one of the big things, um, and I suppose it's the first point we're gonna look at, guys, is that two two of the two of the devolved nations, both Wales and Scotland, have brought in a reg uh, brought in I suppose rules is the best way to describe it, uh, that state that um indoor or indoor events uh have to be restricted to either i think it's is it if i'm correct cardiff is something like 50 people or something like that or sorry well, so uh, sorry northern, Wales is like wales is like northern,
1: northern ireland so or sorry not northern ireland wales. that eight percent really started <laughs> to kick in guys um <laughs> the...
2: i can't wait till the end of the podcast <laughs> it's gonna
1: be great <laughs> sorry, Wales. Sorry, this is a really serious topic. Wales, um, essentially all sports are behind closed doors with mm-hmm. the exception of the players and the, um, the staff that are required to sort of carry out the sport. Um, so that means the players, the referees, and the team support staff go in, the doors stay locked. Scotland, slightly more different in that they are allowing up to 200 fans. So this is um you're you'll get your players you get your referees you get your off ice officials and all the rest of it and then you're allowed 200 fans um now insert john different teams fife joke here different yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah insert fife joke here where yeah. before this all came in they didn't even get 200 one night um now some teams are looking at this differently uh, from others um i haven't seen any real news coming out of fife because there's no real news ever comes out of fife um Glasgow we'll have uh, well, well. Glasgow, Glasgow have taken the the <laughs> opportunity to cancel a couple of games, um, or no, sorry, not cancel them, postpone them, and put them in with the other eight thousand games that they're going to have to play in March. Um, Dundee, though, have been really polarizing to their their fan base. So the Scottish uh, rural states, obviously, there's two hundred fans. They have come out and said that they will be selling two hundred tickets to their next home game. Um, They will only be for home fans. They will all be priced as adult um, tickets at £20 plus a handling fee, which I think puts them at just about the most expensive ticket in the Elite League. Um, And away fans will be refused entry, even if they do manage to buy one of these 200 tickets as only one side of the DIA. So essentially the away section will not be open uh, to allow fans in. Um, they've also put in place different measures for their season ticket holders about potentially, um, keeping that to the end of the season to use on what they would hope would be a playoff game that they uh, can make up on that. That's not covered by their season ticket or to get a refund or to put it forward as a partial down payment for the next season season ticket. Um, a lot of people, the Dundee fan base has been back and forward on this one and on whether they, they think these are the right ways to go about it. A lot of them are saying, well, why don't you give us the option to get the webcast for that game? Um, so, I mean, they're they're not wrong there. But then, England, um, essentially nothing has changed. Um, so all the other teams, uh, in fact, less than three days ago, uh, four days ago, in fact, I believe that Sheffield had 9,500 fans in their arena it was essentially a sellout at uh, the Motorpoint Arena. I think it's been renamed. No, um, it's
0: now called the. It's a weird name. It begins with like a U or something. It's I can't remember. It's really it's odd. It's not the Utilita Arena. Something or like one that. Of those yeah, ones. yeah, yep. Something like so.
1: That. Anyway, so whatever it's called now, they had nine and a half thousand fans. Um, similarly, the following night, this was a whole home away situation, which I'm sure we're going to come on to talk about in a minute. Um, in Nottingham, same thing Uh, not quite a sellout I don't think but uh, a very very full bowl in Nottingham for the return leg the next night Um, Belfast um, no restrictions on the number of fans that are allowed in uh, but I'm noticing uh, today actually a word coming out from the team that there will be no alcohol sold uh, in the arena Mm -hmm. uh, because alcohol can only be sold on table service so clearly they're not doing a two-year seat service, which I'm wholly disappointed in. Um, <laughs> they will also only be selling selected uh, soft drinks and snacks. So what I can assume from that is there will be no hot food either, because that also comes under the restrictions currently in Northern Ireland where you need table service for hot food. So there will be no uh, overpriced chicken burgers, which are <laughs> lukewarm and take 35 minutes somehow to get your hands on. Um, and yeah, the biggest thing, no beer. Um so there we go there's the current situation across the four nations guys
0: thank you uh, yeah you kind of uh, kind of got a good, <laughs> good round up round there up. of that we also have, are looking at the fact that uh, Glasgow clan have been moved into Covid um, protocol as well as the Sheffield Steelers as you say have been moved into the Covid protocol too and have cancelled their games what was interesting as well and I just wanted I to highlight this. I thought it was more
2: than that I I thought it was more teams than that, it was just
1: the two. It is those two, so other teams have just come out of protocol, so uh, Guildford Flames and the Belfast Giants right. um, have just come out of protocol. Um, I believe the Five Flyers have just come out of protocol as well. Um, now again, we we've made the point that we don't even know what this protocol is. If we look at the NHL as we are later on, uh, we probably won't go into detail about what the protocol is with the NHL, but if you were to search NHL COVID-19 protocol, it's laid out in black and white and available to anyone who is interested to read it. Yet again, we have the Elite League leaving all the questions unanswered as to what the COVID-19 protocol is. This has specific relevance when you look at the situation in Sheffield. On Boxing Day, Sheffield played what is... Widely known to be their biggest moneymaker game, their Boxing Day game against the Nottingham Panthers. That is when they expect to, if not sell out, then close to a sellout. So 9,500 fans, we know they got those. In the lead up to the game, they announced that one player had been uh, not with the team but due to a positive lateral flow and they were awaiting a PCR test, which subsequently was positive. Two other players, uh, including the uh, best... Best looking netminder in the elite league, Barry Brust, um, is Barry. were down as having had other illness, which was not COVID. Now the team said it wasn't COVID, and these guys hadn't been with the team. Subsequently, the next day, they were seemed to have tested positive for COVID nineteen, which then has bundled on and eventually we've got eight and then I believe now it's potentially up to 11 Sheffield Steelers have now tested positive for Mm -hmm. COVID-19. Now, if I'm the Nottingham Panthers, I am worried at this point, are my players about to come down with COVID-19? Now, that's not to say that the Nottingham Panthers are um, innocent in this whole debacle. Uh, They still chose to carry on. You'd have to assume having been given more heads-up information about what the situation was in Sheffield, Um, they then chose to do the return leg in their own arena as well and put potentially their fans and their team at risk, including their own volunteers and off-ice staff. Um, Sheffield, I've said it time and time again, every time something comes out of Sheffield like this, Sheffield have a responsibility to be whiter than white than every other team in the Elite League, than all other nine teams in the league solely because the Elite League chairman is their boss. So you've got the Elite League chairman who's supposed to be there over the entire business operation of um, the Elite League, and his team are either ignoring or finding the grey areas in this unpublished, unpublic um, COVID-19 protocol, which says, "Ah, well, okay, this guy and maybe these two guys have got COVID, but we're going to carry on and play with the rest. Oh, wait a minute, it's half the team have got COVID. I mean, it it just smacks. And you can see by the social media reaction to that, you've got Sheffield fans and nine other sets of fans slating the team. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got the, the complete holdouts in Sheffield as well, saying, oh, this was fantastic. The team got their payday and everything. But then you've got the Belfast fans who are turning around and saying, well, actually, do you know what? It might be your big payday, but other teams have sacrificed their big payday. The Giants and the clan have both done it. Uh mm-hmm. Their equivalent of the Sheffield-Nottingham over the Christmas period is the Belfast-Glasgow. Um, if you want to call it a Christmas derby, let's call it a Christmas derby. Um, both those games were cancelled, and that's a big payday for both teams, regardless of the way that you look at it. Sheffield have a lot to answer for on this, and unfortunately, they're not going to, because the league chairman's going to protect them.
0: Well, let's, 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 let's get it 100% accurate, though. The, the Giants-Glasgow one went ahead; It still happened. Um, it happened here in Belfast. Uh, Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, the, the the return game in Glasgow didn't happen. But again, that's just down to, I think, due to restrictions. And then I think Glasgow went into, I don't know if they went into it that quickly, but I know then Glasgow then had to, cancelled the games because of, I think there was all those restrictions that were put in place yep. in relation to uh, having fans in the arena. Um, okay, guys, I apologise on that one. Just going to come back to that, just to come back to that slightly. 8 kicking yeah, in. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, just coming back to that, just that point that I was um, we were chatting about just in relation to um, not just fulfilling the fixtures, but also the fact that, you know, obviously restrictions coming in place on um, attendance for fans at arenas. Obviously, Dundee and Fife put out a joint statement uh, clearly hi- highlighting the fact that with the uh, Scottish government putting in place the restrictions around 200 people, it puts both themselves, Dundee and Fife in very serious financial difficulties Um, obviously as the clubs try to push on. They were obviously reaching out and approached Sports Scotland uh, uh, through councillors to request funding um, in order to help support them to allow them to continue to, I suppose, still be active members i suppose and to continue with their uh, to fulfill i suppose fixtures as best they can um playing behind closed doors is something that is not a a viable thing here in the uk um even with our premier sports um i suppose sponsorship league sponsorship um it's still not strong enough to um i suppose cover um the costs it it
1: won't prop up it will not prop up 10 teams it it doesn't um and when you're talking about having one or two games in a month that are broadcast, that uh, that's title sponsorship in in everything except money. It's it's just a name. Um,
0: and then obviously we have the same situation in Cardiff. Cardiff, I've said. Todd Kelman came out as well and made his own statement, made a statement too on his own personal Twitter account, stating exactly the same thing. In that you know we rely heavily on um, footfall and butts on seats in order to cover costs for. Uh, but game. please don't call the office. Well, yeah, don't call the office because we don't know what we're doing at the moment right now because we can't give you tickets back yet. And I think that's what he was worried about is people asking for refunds, which I suppose people yeah, yeah, will but, start to do. But please don't call the office. <laughs> um, but I suppose he's but he's making the uh, he's making the same point he's relying on. Uh, government handout as well from money from um sport wheels as supposed to kind of help fund some things down there so my two questions to you guys um i suppose the two main questions i had was the first one was around this whole thing around obviously funding we know funding is a massive thing for all teams and making sure that butts and seats is what it is it helps keep this league driven um if they you know do we see I'm going to go to I suppose John will go to you first with this question um do we see then if the the governments both in Wales and Scotland don't um help support these teams do we see a case where the season then is cut short because the just the teams can't viably stay stay on if the restrictions stay in place for longer say than a month or so a month or two
1: well I mean if restrictions that are in place in Wales and Scotland stay in place you are looking at almost half of the teams in the Elite League are at substantial business risk. Um, if they're either not given enough money that lets them continue to pay wages where not enough or no fans can come in, then absolutely. If you have two teams or four... If you have four teams that drop out, then the Elite League season is non void. And it the other six teams essentially are going to be down in tools for the rest of the season. Um, it's, we are very, very close to a return to this time in 2019. Uh, these are exactly the reasons why the 2019 20 season was canceled early. And it's exactly why the 90 or the 2021 season didn't even start. Um, when we ended up with a streaming series that about six people sat and watched, um, on the back of government funding because, well, because webcasts were overpriced. Um, Yeah. I'm struggling right now with the number of cancellations that are coming up. When you combine the lack of financial resources that are being made available to teams by either governing bodies or by the fact that the elite league has been so short sighted with its title sponsorship, people have been crying for years for proper title sponsorship and proper broadcasting that would bring enough money in to support and develop the league more than what it already is as a product. Without those in place, this doesn't this? carry on. Do you
2: think that Do you think that, that this no, season... No, because is it, if it was going to... For the following
1: seasons? If it was going to have an impact, it would have had that impact in 1920 with the current director and directing team in the Elite League. Now, don't get me wrong. They've done a lot of good work to get... Um, Premier Sports back on. Now, bear in mind, the last broadcast deal that we had was with Free Sports. Um, the fact that this is now on pay per view TV, I get it. It's not ideal that we're putting our product behind a paywall, but you have to assume that that then comes with an increase in money that's coming across to the league. But so. it's it's clearly not enough to prop up a league. You've got a situation where Premier League football and um, top flight rugby potentially, and, and were able to carry on through the pandemic because the broadcast money was the vast majority of how people consume those sports. Um, even though you've got uh, uh, arenas and stadiums that can pack out sixty, seventy thousand, 70,000, that's chump change to these teams because the TV packages, the merchandise, and everything else that goes with it is worth so much globally um you just have to look at the nhl um the way that they were able to continue on through the pandemic with the bubbles and with the system that they had in place because of broadcasting sports in this day and age don't progress on further without proper broadcast uh, deals being put in place that's the end of the yeah. end of the story essentially nope, and if yep. we go the way that things are looking then that's we're going to look at a, a curtailed season
0: yeah uh, and just to finish off the story um and Aaron, I'll, I'll throw this question over to you just to finish it off um obviously we've we've kind of touched upon this you know obviously uh, john's talked about um you know obviously the, the the need for the revenue and how that can have a that's going to have a massive impact but we're also and we touched upon this but when we were talking about the clan in in pre period one obviously we're starting to look at fulfilling fixtures we're starting to look at a backlog of fixtures both um you know obviously clan st- having to put off all these different games because of COVID protocol now, but also because of obviously they've they had to kind of reschedule things as well around, uh, as John said, they seem to have come up against a lot of teams who've been in protocol. Uh, we also have stars and flyers saying that they're going to reschedule their games over the Christmas period because they're high numbers and it's revenue that they don't want to lose. So they're going to try and reschedule low somewhere. We have Sheffield Steelers are currently in protocol until the start of January. So there's, I think, seven fi- five fixtures I think they had over this period of two weeks that they now can't fulfill, which they need to push in as well, push to later in the season two. I mean, how, I mean, you know, are we getting to a point where the, the Elite League is either going to have to make a decision around either extending, if possible, the, the league for longer? Is that even a possible thing? Or is it just a case of they might just have to kind of reshuffle and look at, right, how do we finish this season fairly? Is I, there I a precedent
2: for that? Is there... Has that happened before, where they've they've kind of cut off games for other teams to let the the teams that are are falling behind catch up? Has that has anyone seen that before?
0: No, never. I nope. can't.
2: I can't think of it. I suppose it's, it's 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 an awkward time. We've never really had this kind of situation really before. Um, but yeah, like, do they do they push it on to longer in the um end of the summer? I suppose they could. they can't the the
1: dates the dates are set for playoffs and for the challenge cup final so the problem that you've got is well why because they have to um go to their venues so you've got playoffs for example is in one of the busiest arenas in the heart of england in the motorpoint arena in nottingham they only get a specific weekend for that. there are now supposed to be there are supposed to be concerts and everything else on You think that the SSE in Belfast is busy, and it is the Motor Point <laughs> arena in Nottingham is probably twice as busy as that with even midweek stuff. I doubt at this point we could look at a day in July and get a Wednesday and a Thursday to do playoffs at this point. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, you know, but, uh, you, you joke around, but is it is it is it a case of maybe... I, I guess I guess they can't um, because obviously they have to fulfill World Championship fixtures if they go ahead and we'll obviously talk yep, about that. And
1: we're going to lose our GB... Yep, we lose the GB talent for that. And, I mean, it, the league is so hard and set on its current structure that, and with the dates that are all agreed that we really don't have the flexibility with, especially the arena teams, to fulfill any postponed games. Yep. Um, now your likes of Five Flyers, Coventry Blaze, um, Glasgow Clan to an extent now, because they're more involved with the ownership of their, their rank than they ever were, you could potentially say that those teams could play their makeup games, but you're also relying on the opposition teams being able to put in place travel, um, and especially if you're looking at Belfast Giants, about the travel that's required there, and then any postponed games... For games in Belfast, can mm-hmm. the opposition put in place the travel uh, requirements necessary? Can they get hotels? Can they get flights and everything else? Yeah. Um, no. It's. We're not. The, we're not the season is yet. on. I think the season's on a knife edge.
0: I, yeah, we're not. A, as Aaron says, we're not at a breaking point just yet. But what I will say, and what, what, to leave this story, to finish this story off, what I would say is the last two weeks, obviously, a lot has changed, you know, in the last two weeks. And obviously, our next recording in two weeks' time. Let's see what happens. I mean, you know, further restrictions could come in place. We'll... A... Sorry, Aaron, Do go ahead. I
2: think there's a chance, and I, I appreciate I'm I'm not a doctor, and this is this could be quite uh, an interesting topic. I've seen articles saying that the Omicron variant isn't as as bad. It's more infectious. But I'm not things. touching
0: that. I'm not touching. I'm either. not touching that. That's yeah. It's it's difficult because obviously we'll have people who. Um, believe one thing and people who believe another all I will say is obviously you need to look at and, and again it depends on which way you sit on that but you know we I'm look I'm not a doctor I'm, at, not, I'm not a doctor I'm just. <laughs> I'm not a doctor but I obviously I work within the health the health <laughs> service um yeah. and if you're looking at the number if you look specifically at numbers if we're looking at numbers and factual numbers we see that there's mm. an increase of people being admitted to hospital because of COVID and that that is increasing um as of today i think it was 310 people um in northern ireland with you know in terms of um in terms of covid um you know symptoms and co- and tested positive for covid uh, covid 19 so again if those numbers are going up and hospitals start to struggle again yeah. god knows what will happen you know we never know and yeah you're I'm right sorry. there's there's two different arguments and two different sides of the coin in terms of this omicron variant but again <laughs> let's let's not touch yeah, about too much, to but it. um,
2: I bro. was I was just I was I was being hopeful that you know the 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 stories of it COVID starting to burn itself out, and I'm like, yay, let's let you know that that'll do it, let's do it, but who knows as john said with no, no no opinion very good for a for a, a podcast <laughs> did you, did you, yeah that's
0: visually visually uh it's okay if you're if you're watching the youtube video uh, otherwise uh, john is holding up his phone with no opinion uh on his phone which is just like yeah no worries he's gonna stay quiet perfect all right with that then what we'll do is we'll move on from this story and we'll move on from period on into to our penalty box segment before we move on to penalty uh period two. <laughs> okay our penalty box segment is just a quick roundup of any uh or hits or anything else um suspensions and stuff that have came out um over the course of our last recording um we have one since our last recording john
1: yeah um so this is um last sunday so sunday just passed on boxing day i believe um Cardiff Devil Stephen Dixon was, um, assessed a major and game misconduct penalty on the ice for an illegal check to the head of Coventry Blaze defenseman Dane Gibson. Um, guys, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this video, um, or even at the time. Um, this one is another example of Dops losing a bit of a reputation, uh, in being a department for player safety. Um, the Dixon hit to me is dirty. Um, Gibson Gibson goes behind the net. Uh, they're both chasing the puck. Gibson, or sorry, Dixon wins the, the puck and touches up the puck, but then he follows through with what potentially looks like it could have been a clean hit. My biggest problem with this is that he elevates massively into the hit, and the principal mm-hmm. point of contact is the head. Now, if you watch the video and listen to the commentary from the Elite League, they say all of this. They say all of these things. They say that um, he wins the race for the puck. That's fine. But the next thing is the actual action of the check. Now, if he'd stayed low, this is perfectly legal. The fact that he raises and raises not just his body into the hit, but for me, he raises his shoulder into the hit as well and absolutely cleans Dane Gibson. Um, to the point that he looks rough getting up, like he he doesn't look okay uh, when he's getting up. Now this results in a one-game ban. Like this is this is worse than a slap slap on the wrist. He was fined an elite league amount of money, uh, anywhere between somewhere somewhere between one p and a I'm million pounds. Really. You've got to you've got to assume it's between one p and a million pounds, somewhere in that uh, region. Uh, for money, which will be spent on we 're sure very good causes um but this is another one this is This is four or five games for me
2: we 've just but we just we go around this topic every single podcast about the consistency of how many games a player should get for each particular hit, and is this going back to the big the big topic of the big team. So well, go, it's it's an
1: arena team, and yes, let's be perfectly honest, the arena teams have gotten off with big hits like this and with other potentially suspect plays and stuff that's come up to dops and they've had next to no repercussions uh, out of it. Um, some of the tweets that were going around from the head of Player Safety, uh, which some people seem to believe is uh, Todd Kelman, um, some of the the photo edits were absolutely brilliant. Um, with Kelman with the sort of Snapchat glasses on, um, which were uh, absolutely brilliant. But I mean, it, it's it's difficult to continue to, well, not continue to because we we don't you can't condone this sort of thing coming out from the league. Uh, this is historically we've looked at individual incidents where the league is not put into disrepute. I don't want to go as strong as that. But people on the outside of the league can look and go, "Geez, I can go to the elite league and get paid to hit guys like that and then get one game off. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll go there. And then we end up with a particular brand of hockey here in the UK. Um, now, get, there's arguments to be said. Did anyone from the Blaze step up and have a chat with Dixon about this one? Doesn't look like they did. Um, is it part of fighting going out of the game? Is it part of the physical? that? Not the physical play element of hockey going out, but the physical, the fighting, the enforcing going out of hockey, potentially, you could argue that. But I thought it was interesting that uh, an NIHL player uh, in particular latched onto this, and there was a comment I saw on social media uh, that he put out, and for a check to the head, he got six games because of the penalty point system that the NIHL uh, has in place, which is, again... An open book for anyone who wants to go and read it. You can go and read all about the penalty point system in the NIHL. It's fantastic. Um, Now, they've got their own problems when it comes to their player safety uh, division and who's doing it and all the rest of it. But um, the penalty point system, he threw a check to the head on someone. He hit a threshold on the penalty points. He got an automatic um, set number. I think it was um, four games. And then he got the other two for reaching trigger points on the, the penalties. Absolutely great. That's all put out there. This one, all we have is, um, he hit the guy in the head. The head's principal point of contact. Uh, He's off for a game.
0: Yeah. I definitely think from watching the footage and from, from taking it at least a game, another game, or two a game or two at least either two or three game ban for it looks like a bad hit I think it should be at least well two game ban maybe max I suppose and I but I don't like as you say you know we've, we've had this conversation before we, we we can only surmise that maybe there's a bit of leniency depending on which team but you know the fact that like the summarize in the summarization of it was that they said that you know he's not being fined or suspended at all this season therefore that it's kind of obviously coming to play in terms of their, their role decision but it's it's a it's a it's a hit that it's it's they they did it they stood it themselves. It's a hit that complete, it could have been completely avoidable, and he didn't. He chose to go in and lead in with the shoulder and, and and elevate into it. He knew what he was doing, and yeah, it's it's an awful hit, and I don't. I think it should mean more.
1: Yep. Um. I mean, for me, it's it's just more laughable nonsense from yep. Dops. Yep. Um. There doesn't seem to be any consistency across. These bans. We just need top. that rule book,
2: don't we? We just yeah. need to get a copy. Of oh that. well, we've, I, we've we've
1: got, got the we've got the case book, <laughs> but it makes absolutely no sense. I would like but, to see.
0: Yeah. We know it's never going to happen. We know. Um, we know that they're not going to be transparent about it at the end of the season, but you would love to see at the end of the season the elite league come forward and put out information in relation to. And we said it. We have no idea. What these fines, what what ranges a fine like? What is? The, it's not like the NHL who clearly state what the fine is and how much this, the fine is worth. There's no statement around how much th- this fine is worth for in relation to what it is, where the fines are going, and the elite league. Let's be honest, let's not even joke around. The elite league are not going to tell us, and the elite league are not going to tell anybody in the in the, the fan base that where this money is going and what it's being used for, and how much has been fined overall or whether we're fine for like how much each person's fined, fine it's never gonna happen it would have to be a freedom of information act in order to try and get that information out of them um but yeah so we'll never know but it'd be interesting to see at the end of the season it would have been interesting at the end of the season to see kind of like what how much difference it does make in terms of fines and stuff um but we're never gonna see that guys i think that is us um, for period one. I don't see any other stories and it was only that one story for our penalty box segment so with that what we'll do is we will move on swiftly to our period two of Hockey.
2: Okay well with the absence of Dave I'm going to take over period two not that I have a huge amount of stories in it but I at least can point, point, point us in the right direction for people who have stories um, period two as always is our uh, story international hockey period where we talk about hockey all over the world um marty looks like you've got a good amount of stories here everything from the olympics all the way down to taxi squads which is an interesting <laughs> yeah topic. yeah um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna come to you first and let you choose your your, your first story
0: yeah let's start off with uh again the, the the olympic story that i have is in relation to nhl plus the olympics and it's i suppose it's following up on Story that we've been trying to keep on top, we've been trying to follow, uh, over the last couple of recordings. Obviously, there's been a lot of different changes within the Olympic squads and how things are being impacted. With obviously again with COVID restrictions, and everything else. Um, but as of this week, the Elite League have officially come out. Uh, or sorry, not the Elite League. Sorry, the NHL has officially came out. <laughs> and- oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh no! The Elite League has done what? Uh, the the NHL <laughs> has officially came out and have said that the um because of the current worsening conditions of COVID 19 uh in beijing that they are reluctant uh, are barring sorry, not even reluctant they are barring nhl stars um from attending olympics uh, and representing their home teams um a lot of players are screaming out to say that the players should be allowed to make their own choices one such player is brad Marshan, um who has basically put out on his on his twitter account quite a along one of those, you know, like whenever they someone makes a note on a notepad and then post it instead. So he did that instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have clearly said about that they um he, his, he put out his displeasure. But as of this, as of recording, uh, the uh NHL have come out and said that they are uh withdrawing from the Beijing Olympics uh to I suppose save league scheduling, but also um to reduce the impact that um players. What that'll happen should um, players test positive following a the COVID restri- the COVID outbreaks um in the Winter Olympics? I think there's a, well, a we massive... talked about
2: that in the last podcast that was quite scary. It it's was really, um, the, the amount of time that they were going to have to stay
0: exactly, and that I think that's one of the big reasons for this. Um, and obviously they've made this decision. We I think we talked in the last podcast that they were going to have this conversation. Um, you know, a, a further conversation around this, and the NHL as well as the NHL uh, Players Association both agreed while. Originally, that while uh, players could participate in Olympics, um, as part of the a, a bargaining agreement that happened last year, um, they've came to a point where the scenario is that uh, massive stars like uh, Austin Matthews, McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, you know, um, all those players could uh, effectively be missing for a long periods of time obviously as i mentioned brad Marchand was did put it on his own social media uh he'd said that with the change in the rules um and there's obviously different things happening within the, in the, the elite leagues or the the nhl itself which i will talk about in a few minutes um they he believes that the olympics that the nhl player association and the nhl itself should honor the agreement that they made to allow nhl players to go over and play as part of the uh olympic teams he went as far as saying um that it is basically i'm not going to put it in because i have to put in the beeping and i don't want to put the beep in but he did use some explicit language uh on his tweet uh in order to convey his i suppose his annoyance um for uh what is happening and his the fact that he wasn't able to uh partake i mean guys is this a surprise? I've put in our running order, not a surprise. You know, I've put as expected, Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's bound to come, I suppose, you know, after I was talking in that last episode about um, the massive gap that you would have in relation to, if you had to go into, you know, um, you know, isolation, I suppose, because of COVID restrictions. Mm. Are we surprised this is what's happened? I mean, and also we're going to talk in a minute about the, the junior championships. Um, But like, you know, is there any surprise here, John?
1: No, I mean let's let's be perfectly honest. I was surprised that the league was willing to potentially sacrifice its product um, to allow players to go while COVID was still there. When you've got the potential of having to miss, even with a potential winter break, or um, that I mean it always happens around the the All Star weekend anyway. But you obviously you're going to lose some of your big name talent for the All Star weekend to the Olympics every four years as well. If you do it around that time. Um, Another thing that you've got in that we're going to talk about as well, I don't know whether it's worth just mentioning it here now, is the return of taxi squads to the NHL again. Um, yeah. So obviously during the the pandemic season where it was all behind closed doors, teams were really worried and owners especially were really worried about the postponement of games and therefore the taxi squads were brought in, um, essentially a, a traveling set of players that can slot in to any of your your lines within the team, uh, without having to forfeit. Uh, so it means that you're bringing up uh, OHL, AHL uh, talent, uh, and allowing them to stick within the bubble of the main team. That if somebody in particular comes down with COVID, you've got an instant replacement there. You're not having to worry about isolating, bringing someone from somewhere else, isolate them for a period of however many days, um, and all the rest of it. So it's not surprising that all of these things have all happened at once um and like you said marty the the fact that we're now seeing an impact on other international tournaments it's really difficult to see how you can have massive impact on these tournaments and other tournaments being cancelled outright even in the middle of them um how we're going to get any sort of winter olympic hockey um at all to be honest i'm I'm still flabbergasted that we're actually getting Winter Olympics at this point point. Um, and not expecting the, the winter or the, the hockey product to be really worth anything at this point. It's going to be, I mean, 12-year-olds who are going to have to go because they're exempt from things like jabs and everything else. I mean, it might as well be a, a peewee tournament at this point. They're... A, technically they could go to the olympics because they're all unsigned on uh, non-pros mm. so let's just do a peewee tournament in uh, in beijing instead
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it was a good segue there obviously we're not surprised um as i say as you said about the you know as we we're talking about about the olympics um making that decision obviously after what we talked about from our last recording um but you, you you put in a good point and we'll segue into that my next story was around that whole taxi squad thing and about the fact that the nhl are returning to taxi squad um due to the fact that there was a postponement of fifty games just before Christmas. Which when you think about it, you think it's a huge number, but actually it's 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 not a big, big number. That's maybe like two games maximum, like over a course of a weekend. You know, it's not it's not you know, it's a massive amount of games, you know, when you think about it in the run-up of how many teams we have in the NHL. Um, but each of the 32 teams are allowed a taxi squad of up to six players, as John has mentioned. You know, the reserve squad are there as an intention for to prevent any shortcomings in terms of making sure there's 18 skaters and two goaltenders at all times. One of the big things, though, um, and I found was quite interesting, was that they did decide that the, they went up the... Um, for, for the remainder of the season, they have upped the, the salary cap. Um we talked about this um in a in previous uh, episode as well about the salary cap and they've raised the salary cap um as of now to one million dot one one million um dollars for this season um where it was obviously pre- the previous limit was eight hundred and fifty thousand um so they have announced that they have allowed for emergency call-ups and a salary cap which has raised to allow for these obviously Uh, reserve squad numbers in order to maximize and make sure that they are still able to fulfill um, and pay, obviously, the players that are coming in on an emergency basis.
1: Because I think, technically, don't the taxi squad members there... they're effectively considered active roster players they
0: are. they are yep they are indeed and they'll be down as an active roster member so even if they were only playing one game they will obviously be down as having an nhl game with them or an effective roster member for 20 it's, it's really
1: interesting actually see when you look at how those are managed and the only way reason i know it is the the amazon prime documentary um about the leafs the is it all or nothing yep um and they never per- specifically look into it, but the, the big board in the GM's office, um, whenever Sheldon is in speaking to Dubas, um, you see the, the squad is out on like these magnetic strips on the whiteboard. And then through that season, obviously, they had the, the list of names on the taxi squad too. So it's really interesting seeing how that works alongside the the main team. And then the taxi squad and how the teams are managing those effectively two squads um, to create a product for any given game night. So it's good to see that that's going to sort of continue and that we're not, hopefully, not going to see as many game plus moments going forward.
2: I went to watch that um put that that documentary a couple of days ago, a couple of mornings ago, and uh, I put turned it on for the first five minutes of it. Um, <laughs> had Theo in the room? No, no, nah, no. And, no. <laughs> and uh, I was like, there was one, there was an F-bomb nope. dropped and I was like, oh well, maybe it was just the one, and then like 30 seconds later, they're not. You're, like, you're gonna,
1: yeah, gonna want to mute it every, yeah. time Sheldon, every time Sheldon's on screen, you're gonna want to mute yeah. that TV. It's more of a it's more of a it gives you a flavor of what the, the Giants' back room might be like, doesn't it? it it's it's uh,
0: it's more of a I think it's more of an adult nighttime show, uh, no kids around type show yes. because there's a lot of like I mean, it's it's a lot. I'm sure, um, yeah. I'm sure Sheldon's um, mother probably or father or parents anyway were probably like you have to curse as much as you do because it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot um before i move on to my next story Aaron, you um you made a wee f- you made a like a taxi squad you made a little uh joke around about that um i just wanted to give you the, uh, a little bit of a for anybody who isn't aware of where taxi squad comes from a little bit of history around what the taxi squad origins are it actually comes from the cleveland browns um football team back in the 1940s the coach at the time was a coach called Paul Brown, and he came up with the idea of keeping promising players who didn't make the Browns' first team as reserves for, in case of injury or illness, but in order to do so, he had to, he had to be paid um, as part of staying there, but because they didn't have money within the team budget to pay for those players, instead what happened was that the coach himself, Paul Brown, operated and owned a taxi company and he employed all of those reserve players via the taxi company so was paying for these players from his taxi company they were never obviously taxi drivers um but they were then paid for this by remained,
2: what was that show that i watched a while back that was the guy bought his teenager the, the, the
1: oh this came? was the danbury thrashers and they were all yeah, yeah. technically what were they they were like a recycling were center they center recycling or, or were man? they supposed to be garbage men yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah.
0: So there you go. <laughs> that's what that's where the taxi the taxi um taxi squads come from and um, drives from that. So there you go. um Good,
1: good trivia, Marty. I I go. like that. That's someone who puts the work in on a podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you, um, guys. I'm gonna <laughs> move on to the my next story. Um, my, this one obviously, and, and again, it's as if John is 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 kind of giving me these nice segues into my stories. But uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs um are what we're talking about now, and this is what I was talking about um prior to period one when I was saying about I had a few things to talk about in relation to Toronto um and again I don't know if this is down fully to Toronto's fault or if it's an NHL thing um but it's a move for me that just reeks of greed I suppose um and that is the postponement of two Toronto Maple Leafs games coming up and because of similarly the conversation we had about in period one where there were restrictions around attendance uh, in Scotland and in Wales there's also strict uh, restrictions in relation to attendance in Canada as well so because of Canadian attendance restrictions the NHL made a decision to postpone the January 3rd and January 6th uh, toronto maple leafs games because of the canadian attendance restrictions um so obviously they're gonna have to make up those dates somewhere by re-establishing and, and changing and looking at another dates for rescheduling those dates at a later time in the season when what they've said was when restrictions were lift, so that more money especially so that more money can be made and again this is a, re- a reason why there's nothing stopping these teams playing you know they could have went ahead with half half arenas but as the NHL kind of put out, it doesn't look good if it's a half arena. Um, you know, basically, it doesn't it doesn't look good for the sport, doesn't look good for the league if you're having fill in half an arena rather than a full arena. Um, so that, two games. It is, it's
2: only it's only fifty percent. It's yeah, it's reduction.
0: 90%. It's just a reduction. It's not a full, so. I've,
1: I've been I've been looking at it. So um, just wait because I didn't even know that this had come in. So yeah. um, it's either fifty percent or yes. zero depending on where you are in Canada. Um, which is, I mean, that's that's weird. But to me, yeah, you're 100% right. It does smack of greed. But when we've just come off a season where all games were played, most games, sorry, not all games, were played behind closed doors with the huge banners that the league and all the teams had made to cover up the empty seats. In what world can't you make that work? In what yeah. world where this league can clearly prop itself up on broadcasting and media rights and merchandise rights and everything else like there is no shortage of money in the nhl let's be perfectly honest um why can't you operate at 50 percent capacity Um, why can't you put those banners back out on the side of the cameras and for the odd time where you maybe need to have a wide shot that shows the arena why not have those sweeping team banners across the background. Mm-hmm. To
2: me, that just 100% no, smacks no of greed. some social distance in there. That they're not going to be 50% all on one side. Oh no, I'm COVID. I know that I'm not allowed to spread when I'm on this side of the arena. <laughs> maybe, but when you're in arenas <laughs> you know, that size, reason. when you're in arenas that
1: size, you could close off every other section or whatever. There's bound to be ways of doing it, but... Okay, I can accept that maybe it's not as simple as putting out the banners and closing off every other section, but it just... Yeah it 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 reeks
0: part part of me part of me thinks that it's like um you know part of me like we know we know we've talked about it you know obviously we know that leagues like our own do rely on that that revenue stream but when it comes to nhl i know it's a massive it's a massive hit to decide to not um you know it's a it's a massive hit to decide it's a massive hit finance wise for them not to have any fans and stuff in the crowd but again as you say john they've done it before it's two games if they want to continue the season they having to reschedule and, and trying to fit in what's already looking like a, a difficult season again with obviously the changes and COVID restrictions and protocols have already taken place and different teams having to miss different games throughout the season already if they want to avoid having to kind of keep trying to I suppose at some point the season it's going to be similar to what's going to happen in the league probably is you're going to have a run of just like just a real a backlog of games that you're going to have to try and fill in such a short space of time. I mean, the NHL is big enough to be able to continue doing those games without having, you know, to worry too much. So it's a max.
1: midweek games, midweek games are not as big a problem for the NHL either. You can play a game on Tuesday. It doesn't matter. You will still get fans coming out and you can play a game on a Thursday and the arena availability is probably not a big deal. Yeah. Um, It's, I I don't know. I just just struggle with with this one where you've got the money that's blowing around. And I I accept the teams are going to have more outgoings now because the taxi squads are back and everything else uh, that's going on. But you've now got your core talent Mm. is not going off to the Winter Olympics. Um, You've protected your brand under that. These countries are making these restrictions based on the evidence that they've got. And, I mean, it's on you to either say it's playable or it's unplayable. uh, Not we we don't we want the extra money at the gate you can either play the game or you can't play the Mm. game it's it's not a case of waiting for the right number of fans i mean if you're florida i mean you're thinking 50 percent capacity is someone going to help us get that
2: (laughs) true
0: (laughs) um guys i've got one last story in this period um and that is just a quick one and um i'm sure of his is, his ears are picking up all of a sudden um, because he knows we're talking about the uh, minnesota wild um tomorrow well we are as i say if you're listening to this podcast when it's been released then you're listening to it on uh, new year's eve and new year's day is on sat this coming saturday but also with that comes the annual winter classic game uh, which will be see minnesota wild take on the st louis blues at target field um one the reason why I'm raising this is obviously it's been held this year in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, and uh, while I've never been to Minneapolis, Minnesota ever in my own in my life, so I can't talk from a, a experience point of view, a first hand experience point of view, um, I do know one massive thing about Minnesota, and is that is it is a very very cold place uh, in the middle of winter. To the point where they are stating that this coming Saturday looks like the Winter Classic will go down as possibility being the coldest Winter Classic on record, with temperatures looking to plummet to minus 17 degrees
1: Fahrenheit, I believe that is. Let's be clear, I searched this earlier, so I was also looking at a piece very similar to this, but I've... First of all, I want to give you kudos on the the source for the story that you've put in the running order. Golf. I love that this is Golf Digest having a dig <laughs> at the NHL. For this. I know. Absolutely fantastic. Top-level uh, journalism here from Golf Digest. Um, yeah, minus 17 with wind chill is expected to be minus 24 degrees Fahrenheit. I asked a well-known... Um, Smart assistant <laughs> yeah. that's sitting over there who also can play the Door 14 hockey podcast if you ask it to. Um <laughs> what that was in real money. Do you know that's like lower than like minus 32 degrees what? Celsius? Yeah. So
0: wait, like, no, I read what? The piece
1: and not not I to thought... steal not to steal. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Far Fahrenheit is a weird, weird one where like the minuses Your get goodness. really weird. And, like, yeah, like, I checked the minus 17. That's, like, minus 22 Celsius. Minus 23 Celsius. Um, so, <laughs> th- some reason I thought, I thought Celsius so,
0: was warmer. Okay, right, yep.
1: No, no, no. So, so reading through So, yeah, it, there's a weird switch minus thing happens. Minus 27 Celsius. <gasps> yep. wow. So, there's a weird it, switch it thing. Is... Fahrenheit and Celsius yeah. don't work on the same scale. Um, so, my favorite part of this is, like, they're saying that there is... Um, a huge risk of any exposed skin being frostbitten within two minutes of exposure to these temperatures the NHL have apparently bought in hand warmers Uh, they've bought in hand warmers for people and they've also said you can bring a blanket
2: (laughs) I I I kid you you not this is what the league
1: is saying we will look after your fingers We'll make sure they don't fall off. But as far as hypothermia and potentially dying in the stands is concerned, that's on you, fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I apparently,
1: apparently serving soup, serving (laughs) soup is part of their risk assessment to stop people dying at the Winter Classic.
0: (laughs) You joke, you joke. But and if Dave was here, are they not,
2: or are they going to? They are. They are. They they are. are, They Um, are
0: serving soup. If Dave was here, he would he would completely one hundred percent like he knew where I'm coming from with this. I believe that uh, in Murrayfield back in the day, whenever we used to play at Edinburgh in Murrayfield, I think the risk assessment in Murrayfield was exactly the same thing. It was because there's no heating properly for the fans and for people sitting watching this game because it gets so cold. We're going to give out free tea and coffee to make sure that they stay warm at all times. Because we, <laughs> one of the games that we went to in Murrayfield back Probably, I think it was it was really we were hit really hit he- was hit with really heavy snow, um, to the point where I think. the year I was there. No, this was before that. This is before. This is before. it's before you, John. This is before you started coming. Um before John the year before BJ. John.
1: Wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <BJ>? <laughs> uh, what? what? <laughs> um, move on. Uh, this is this is this is before- the title of this podcast. Is <laughs> the, the year B, The year before BJ existed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um The year before BJ. Um, they. Yeah, we were there and we actually we nearly got snowed in uh, to the point where we like we we went to the game and as we were coming home we our flight was cancelled so we had to find an alternative way to get back to, to Northern Ireland. We got to the train station where Waverley, is that what it's called in yep. in Edinburgh? In Edinburgh. Waverly tra- train station in Edinburgh. Got the last train leaving Edinburgh to Glasgow. Got the Glasgow, got the last train leaving Glasgow to go to Er. And then we got the error, and by the time we got the error, they said, sorry, there's no way to get the Strand Rower. Instead, we're going to put you in a taxi, and we'll pay for the taxi to get the Strand Rower for you. And so they paid for a taxi for us to get the Strand and there's us in this taxi with this just this, this Scottish driver, just like, oh yeah, I've been driving these roads for years in the snow. Who cares? I was just literally like, oh my god, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's in Murrayfield. That's what they did. They give us hot drinks in order to make sure our, our fingers didn't get frostbite. It's funny. You
1: you talk about you talk about heating and the fact that there was no heating in uh, Murrayfield. Have you read the rest of the story and what they're having to heat? Yeah. They are having to heat the rink. <laughs> yep they're having to heat the ice yeah. because the league has a specific like goldilocks zone of temperatures for the ice so in any rink situation the the glycol the stuff that's going through the um the ice plant and through the pipes underneath the ice generally speaking that is being cooled and the heat is coming out of the ice and then being thrown out by the ice plant to keep the the glycol cool to keep the the ice solid and in that Goldilocks zone. They're now saying that the ice here at, um, at wherever, what is this place called again? Um, oh, I've forgotten what the name of the stadium is. Um, anyway, the, whatever the, is, the target the ice, Target Field. Target Field. Yeah. Um, at Target Field, it's going to be so cold that the ice is going to go way outside of Crazy. that Goldilocks zone that they're going to have to heat the glycol and they've got two, Heaters. This is the first time in Winter Classic history or outdoor NHL game history they've had to have two of these things yep. to make sure that the ice stays at the right temperature yep. and doesn't become so cold that it becomes brittle and breaks.
0: I was just about to the say. The other
1: one was the pucks.
0: They have to warm the pucks up rather than freezing them.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So everyone said, oh, cl-. so clearly we talked about it when we talked about it in the ABCs of hockey about a puck that it has to be frozen to make sure that it doesn't bounce mm. everywhere. Um, and apparently they were talking to the, the people who are in charge of this game and getting this field ready and said, oh, well, you're not going to need the freezer for the pucks. And I went, well, no, we are, because the league still has a Goldilocks zone for the pucks. <laughs> I didn't realize they're changed out every two minutes of play, regardless, what in the it? NHL. They are changed out every two minutes to make sure I that they're at that. the right temperature. So... They are going to make sure
2: the that changed, like these... Every two minutes.
1: Yep. Well, every two minutes, or every break or of play break in break between break. times. Yeah. So during any break, the or if there's like start a play, thirty seconds, a whistle goes, thirty more seconds, and you get another minute. After that, that puck gets changed out. This oh. time, everyone's joking and saying, "Oh, you're clearly not going to need um, to the freezer for the pucks." And they're going, "Well, no, actually, we do because the pucks might get too cold." so we're still bringing the Shatter. freezer with us which is going to have the certain temperature inside For and that's the temperature that they're going to be at that's crazy and they're still going to change them every two minutes in case the puck gets
0: too cold, too cold this man. time crazy if you remember correctly was it this time this last is- year we were obviously in full lockdown um and we were on new year's day we sat down as a as a, and we're gonna watch it together via video link you remember we, were, we put on our I think we we sat down to kind of watch it, and then it was cancelled because of the heat. It was too warm, and the ice wasn't melting. Yep. And then they had to push, and push it, it back. It was slushy. And now this year it's the opposite way around. Was but that, uh, was
2: that the one that was was at the at the lake? Was yep. It? Yeah. It was stunning. It was yeah.
1: beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. The most stunning location I've ever seen. For was that a winter classic or was no that, that uh, wasn't that, the was heritage, the, that was the heritage was that was the wasn't heritage
0: it? classic that was the heritage classic yeah, um, yeah yeah
1: was that in Florida was,
0: yeah somewhere balmy and warm I think
1: it was somewhere <laughs> warm anyway but that was that was a complete and utter disaster yeah that one they had last to come year's... back was it eight or nine hours later and play the game
0: yeah was it was last year after the sun yes. had gone down and was it last year's winter classic that was played it was the year before I remember it was the really bad traffic and everything and. And it was like a complete nightmare for fans. Well, it was the crush. It was the, the crush. crushes of fans, and a fan yeah, died. That's right. On the
1: way out, yeah, a fan died. We we knew someone who was at that game. That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right.
1: Uh, Roshine was at that game, and she confirmed. I got chatting to her afterwards because um, that was obviously the the Winter Classic that the Preds played against mm. the Dallas Stars. Yep. Uh, she's a Stars fan. Yeah. And uh, she said it was an absolute disaster from start to finish. Yeah. There was about three food stalls that 70, 80, 90,000 people were yeah, trying to go crazy. to. Um, yeah. Absolutely brutal. So, yeah. yeah, good luck to everyone going to the Winter Classic this year. Yeah,
0: try and stay warm. Think warm thoughts. That's me.
2: That's yeah, my what's last been the coldest that you've ever? What's been the coldest that you guys have ever dealt with? Uh, I appreciate this isn't quite hockey, but...
0: Minus... I'm going to talk degrees. I was I think the coldest I have been in is um, minus... 15 degrees Celsius is the coldest I've been in, and it was freezing. That was in uh, Stockholm, whenever we went to Stockholm in March, a couple of years back. So
1: when I was growing up, I spent about a year total in, uh, living in Canada, uh, away sort of up north. And um, I remember the, over the winter, it was about minus 25, minus 30. Mm. And um, we, you could go outside in a t-shirt because like cold is based on um, how you feel it is based on moisture Moisture in the air. air. So as the moisture in the air gets to your skin and then you add wind and everything, um, that's where you get the chill from. It was so Mm -hmm. cold that there was no moisture in the air. Like I was walking over like six or seven feet of snow, but (laughs) it was, the air temperature was really, really cold. But when the sun was out, it felt warm because Mm -hmm. there was nothing to tell you it was cold. Now, if you... Slipped and fell into the snow or something, you would flash freeze like straight away. Um, but it's the weirdest sensation ever. So, yeah, mm. pr- for me, probably about minus 25, minus 30 in uh Geraldton, uh, which I believe nice. is in Manitoba.
2: Oh, but you're there, you're, you're talking about you know, back crazy cold. Sure, that the, the crazy cold that they're going to see on, on Saturday, but That's
1: with insane. wind chill and um. Yeah. Moisture That's like true. due. I think they say the dew point in that one is um like minus fourteen. So there is still like moisture in the air. So these people will feel this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we will be. Wa- I will be. Wa- I know. I will be watching anyway. Um, um. We'll see what the temperature does get down to when we're watching it. But uh, hopefully, who's, no who's
1: broadcasting it this year? Is as is, is Premier or yeah, Free Sports broadcast? No, it this year. I think.
0: I think. Well, I think Premier maybe. I don't know. Actually, it was Free Sport last year, wasn't it? It was last Free Sport. Was Free Sport
1: last year? I don't know. Good question. Fingers crossed for Free Sports. I'll have a look while we're talking. Uh, I am. I'm, to your I'm too cheap. I'm too cheap to, <laughs> to buy Premier.
2: Well, uh, I think, Marty, that's your your four stories. It is. So we'll move on to John. And I think, I know that uh, Dave has done some homework, but we'll let you take that one as well. Dave, um, Dave did some homework done.
1: and we, we we gave him credit for it because um, he was the first one to bring it up in our uh, group chat. But realistically, these things kind of go hand in hand. Um, so I'm going to start um, going back a f- few months um, and the IIHF's decision to cancel uh, a number of tournaments, and that includes the um, Under-18s Women's World Championship. Um, now, this decision was called out. This was the second year running that this tournament has been cancelled. Um, effectively, this is the, the women's version of the World Junior Championships. Um, we all know that the World Junior Championships is one of the highlights of the hockey year. It's a great way to finish off the year, and you get to look at a lot of talent that is Really, really being looked at for the next draft uh, season. But this is two years now where the women haven't been able to compete in this and the WIHF were rightly called out on the fact that for two years their tournament hasn't gone on but the IHF has done everything in its power to make sure that the World Junior Championships went ahead and the men's competition carried on. This then um, prompted a response from IHF President um, Luke Tardif um, where he he gave a, a statement um, and basically says that look it's it's not great having to cancel anything. Um, I'm not going to read it verbatim. Uh, it's quite a long interview he gave, and there's there's a little highlight statement on the double Twitter page if you want to go and have a look at it. Um, however, he's done nothing to quell the problems uh, which have been apparent by the double mm-hmm. decisions. Not least because we're now in a situation where a week after this uh, decision was made that the um, World Junior Championships would go ahead, now, because of COVID issues, the World Junior Championships in the middle of the tournament has been cancelled. All teams are being sent home because COVID is absolutely rife throughout the tournament. Um, this all just adds petrol to the fire that is the WHF's decision to go ahead and promote and push forward any cost their major competitions that bring in revenue Um, and rightly they have been called out and have a lot of both men and women uh, on the playing side of it and the development side of it have said you're looking after the money you're not looking after the product you're not looking after the players Mm. Um, the president's statement does absolutely nothing to address the real issue here and actually it just makes things worse um it's impressive to see a hockey organization outside of the elite league manage to get the tone of something so incredibly wrong uh, and it's nice to know that it's not just the elite league who can do that um uh, but guys like marty what's your thoughts on this I, I he's completely missed the mark for me especially when you look at you've got people like kendall coin are prime examples of people who have called him out on what the double ihs response has been
0: yeah and i think just rightly so um again we, we talk about we, we've been trying to you know we talked about the positive step forward so far this season uh, for the for the female game for women's game and and you know across um you know across the pond and we've talked about how positive things have moved forward there in relation to like, obviously rebranding and really focusing on you know obviously increasing women's sport but again it just reeks of you know why would you move forward with the you know, the, the men's one, but yet cancel the females, you know, under 18s won world championships. It has, it has backfired. It's a massive, you know, it's, it's a massive failure. Uh, and I think it's really, it just, it's very, it's tone deaf it's yep it, and that's what it is i think and it's a double hit
1: isn't it as well because they've decided to go ahead with the world junior championships very and much so. then they've had to subsequently be cancelled very much so. or, or sorry they're not officially cancelled i think if i'm 100 percent right i think they've been postponed at this point with a potential to bring them back up again. Uh, later yep. on in the year Um which if anyone is looking at it is going that's nearly impossible at this point um mm. but it, it it is completely tone-deaf, isn't it? They, oh, they've massively. missed the point. Yeah, He's Huge. made the statement, and the WHF themselves as an organisation have let the statement go out, and then a few days later have had to cancel what is their one of their highlight tournaments, and was forming the basis of part of their argument about why that was allowed to go ahead, but the women's one wasn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Aaron,
1: what it. what do you think? <laughs>
2: what else can you say that you've got? To be honest with you, it's just a shambles. Um can There's no. There's no basis that they can put forward that the the men's games could have gone forward and if the the, the the women's games couldn't have. You know. Mm-hmm. There's. Yep. I, I what what is their argument that uh for that? I, as you say, John, that they don't really put any of that forward. They just kind of it feels like bury their head in the sand and just.
1: It's bury their head and try to be. I mean, on. look, he he does make the point, and well, sorry, he tries to make the point that there is a commercial aspect to. The World Junior Championships and to other top-flight men's competitions like the um, the Senior World Championships uh, Division One A, One B going ahead because there is money tied in with broadcasting agreements, there are sponsorship agreements, there's all the rest of it goes along with that. And The WHF, like any organisation, is looking after its bottom line. What he's done by saying that is the women's game doesn't touch our bottom line. We don't care.
2: So that that's essentially contradic- what he said. Are we are we taking a slightly contradictive stance to what we talked about earlier though? Where we said that you know we want the AGL to have that stance where we've got broadcasting and we've got the money going forward and we've got the money to, to make sure that that's the, that's fine
1: me. when that is your one product. The problem here is the double HF have a responsibility not just to the men's product, but also to the women's and the junior product, which they've clearly said. Here's a pedestal over here, which is much higher for the men and the World Junior Championships. Here's the pedestal that we put the women's game and all the other tournaments that go along under our double yeah. Jeff banner. And that's the problem. It's it's not equitable across what they're supposed to be responsible for. Mm, is yeah. the main problem. And that's what they've been called out on. Look, people can make their own opinions. I, I don't think there's anyone defend, leaping to defend the IIHF on these decisions. If uh, if anyone wants to contradict us, get into the comments, drop us a DM, uh, drop us something more public if you feel like you want to get into a Twitter war with us. Let's go. <laughs> as as Jeff Baum's dad uh, is wont to say,
0: LFG. Uh, indeed indeed uh Aaron, before Aaron, before you uh round off this period just to quickly come back on the the question around the uh winter classic this year it is being broadcast live on premier sports uh it'll be on premier sports one at 12 o'clock on sunday the second so sunday morning here in the uk obviously it's saturday january 1st in the u.s canada and uh, it'll be 12 o'clock here in the uk
1: I look forward to watching highlights on YouTube. Totally <laughs> on highlights on YouTube.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, that rounds up period two. Um, I, we have nothing in the penalty box. So obviously everyone in the NHL was squeaky clean this week. And there was no There's no, <laughs> there no games. There was no games. There was a break. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's move on to period three.
1: Okay, welcome along to period three, which is our general gnocchi news. news. I love that you no, can't do it in time with me, this? but you guys can do it in time with each other. I mean, I... two years of doing a podcast in a po- in a pandemic, I mean, really?
0: Put that beard on. Um,
1: I know, sorry. Um...
2: Yeah, there wasn't a delay, Knocky. it was just the delay of your head. <laughs>
1: <It was. laughs> Knocky news then is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into period one or period two. Uh, Marty, I'm going to come to you first because I, um, I absolutely love this one. Uh, this is uh, just a nice little, fo- well, funny if you're on the outside looking at it, probably not if you're one of these players uh, who unfortunately had a run in with... Uh, the doors that the zamboni goes out.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, the Swiss second tier hockey um league, uh, two teams there, Seer um take us on SC lingelfall lingelfall Yeah, we'll try that. that since That sounds good enough. Um, two well, players, go to... two two players from both those teams collided with each other, um, and the pair then barreled through the sidewall, um, forcing the gates to the zamboni where the zamboni drives out open, uh, and they fell. Into the cleaning ditch um, of what's basically so anybody so basically the way they're, the way they're, the way the rink is set up there is that the samboni goes in clears the ice and as the it clears the ice as it comes back out again there is a section that's lifted up and all of the samboni all of the ice is taken off from the samboni then is dumped into basically a a trough um for better word um and it all then is is underneath the, the one side of the arena. As the players then came through this, busted through this this gate uh, out, they accidentally fell into this ditch of well stagnant. Frozen water, really, um, and had to be lifted out. I think the best image of it is the the image that was put up on uh Twitter by Essie Lengelthall, um, where they joked around that they need a new rink where the players were swimming, um, as the players and refs were helping these two players getting coming out of this ditch. Like it's a big enough ditch, um, but I can reimagine really the uh, no injuries were were happened. Um, we should put that forward. But freezing cold ditch water, um. Yeah, it was just funny. Uh, the video itself as well, if you watch the video, it is something quite comical. You don't imagine when you see them going through, you don't expect them then to be falling through and onto this like this weird ditch further on down. I thought when I first seen the video, I thought, oh, did they just fall outside the rink? Which is funny enough because I went through the gate. I thought, funny enough, you know, obviously they just, they've, they've went outside the rink and they've landed on some ice until I realized, actually, no, they've, they've fallen down a, a, a ditch full of, and then when you find out it's full of water that it, just came off the, the ice surface, you're kind of like, it's kind of gross as well. So, yeah.
1: I thought our Zamboni doors were fragile. Like that's it's not a big check either. No. Um so the funniest thing for me is the the image there of the number of players all standing around looking at them when they're down in the ditch. It's almost <laughs> like when you ever seen one of those YouTube videos where like little ducklings will fall down a sewer grate or something <laughs> and then it takes it somehow takes about 8,000 Americans to lift a sewer grate and then scoop little ducks back out of a drain that's that to me is what it looks like it also seems to take an insane amount of time to get them out of there like i I, granted it looks quite deep but that's a lot of hockey players like you put that strength together they should be able to lift those guys out without any real problem um it's it's just quite comical I did have a little moment in my heart there when I saw uh, that one of the players was Higgins.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but no, not that Higgins. I was
1: like, oh no, not Chris. But it's not Chris, it's okay. (laughs) Um, That's a good one. Um, Guys, I'm going to move on to my story then. Um, So obviously with the new year coming on very quickly, we, we talked about one event that as standard comes with the new year and that's the Winter Classic, but another one that follows very quickly on the heels of that is the All-Star Weekend. Um, And we've had potentially the first leak of the All-Star jerseys. Um, Now, this is, at this moment in time, entirely unconfirmed. Um, But I've sent the link to you guys, and this jersey has been produced under the new Adidas Prime Green, which is the recycled material. Mm -hmm. So it does does lend itself to think that this is a, a genuine product what's your thoughts on these now I can imagine this is one color variant i would assume that we're going to get another three we tend to get four color variants of these so i would assume that there's a, a reverse of this maybe the the reds and the black and white get switched over mm. and then i'd imagine mm. that there's a blue variant will go along with this it tends to be red and blue is the colors that they go for uh, for the all-star weekend it's a simple design But for me, it works. It's better than what we've seen. And some of the comments I've seen, it actually mirrors some of the real old school all star jerseys, um, just with the sort of four or five stars across it um marty what's your thoughts on that As yeah
0: jersey i i like it i i think my my main thing is and i i think i talked about this um we talked about this in one i think maybe not last year the year before i think it was for some reason they decided to move away when they when they went down the route of having the four different teams um for the four different um obviously divisions or whatever um they moved away from this classic nhl shield from the front of the jersey so they moved away from it and they had like team jersey so it was like you know like team north or whatever it was they had on them and I mm-hmm. actually didn't like it when they changed away from the NHL shield from the front of the jersey. I actually like the simplistic version that this, if these are real, if these are legitimately what they look like, I'm like, I like it. I'm, I, I like that they, the fact that they've put the NHL shield back center, center, you know, the center of these jerseys. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I wasn't a fan of that, that team, that team idea that they had going. It just didn't work for me.
2: Aaron, what's like your thoughts on it? Later on. There's a tweet later on down the line where uh, they say that it's got a 90s Vegas Thunder energy, Ooh. and they put up a, an image of the Vegas Thunders jersey back in the 90s, um, which is it's, it's pretty much got you know, the white at the top and then the, the arrows at the bottom, but it's black, grey and teal. Um, it's that looks more it's like an funny. old
1: school marriage of a San Jose
2: and a Ducks jersey. It
0: looks like I was but it
2: nothing like that all star jersey. I was
0: but it looks like a Maddie Ducks. A, I was but it looks like a Mary Ducks jersey. It if looks you like you took
2: out that Thunder. If you took out that Thunder logo at the mo- in the middle um, and yeah. put the NHL logo on it, it's it's close
0: yeah no i i see what you mean like it's the 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 design is like obviously with the um with the lines and the way the lines go up along the arms and stuff the, the yeah, yeah. yeah the diagonal lines but um yeah i i i get what john means it it does look a lot like a it does look like a um a d two it looks like a a Mighty ducks two jersey it definitely <laughs> does
1: yeah. Look, we're it's not here reviewing the, the Vegas Thunder jersey. We're, we're not reviewing a Vegas Thunder jersey. We're here to look at the potential All Star weekend jersey. We'll come Thunder back. We'll, co- we'll come back again. We'll come back again to look at the Vegas Thunder jersey if we really want to. Uh, but Aaron, what's your thoughts on the, the this leaked All Star jersey?
2: Want one? Uh, <laughs> you know, as you say, you said it already. It's it's nice. It's clean. Um, it's just got the nice NHL shield on it. Yeah, can I have one, please?
1: If yeah. you were if you were gonna play like rec hockey or ball hockey or something, that's one that you would throw on just to go like to a sports center or something and like wear over your gear, isn't it? Mm. That's... Yeah, yeah. Dave,
2: Dave, did Dave buy one?
0: Dave, not, not yeah. this
2: one, but the, the previous year's year. One.
0: Yeah, Dave has one. One he has a one of the all star ones that just has the the, the NHL. Um, logo on it the NHL shield on it um he I think he picked up whenever him and him and his, his wife were in um in New York I think when he was in the NHL store I think they were selling it cheap and I think he picked one up but yeah he's got one he's got one of. The, I think it was like wasn't it the, the season where they had them like with the like black and then had like the neon like green oh, like yeah. colors and stuff on it or something like that but yeah he's got yeah one. it is yeah
1: yeah can't remember if that was the all-star weekend in Nashville that maybe remember. had those but it might know. be the year previous to that or, um but it was close to that.
0: And um, before we move on, um, just cuz we're talking about jerseys, did uh, either of you two guys see the uh the story about the um well, a bit of a a controversial jersey that was out there um in the last two weeks, um just before Christmas actually. There was a um there was a game a Northern, Euro- a Northern European game uh between Finland and Russia. Um and the Russian team decided to do like a throwback jersey. Um and their throwback jersey cccp aha uh-huh. yeah it was a soviet era jersey that they decided to go back to um so they wore a uniform that had cccp on it uh, on the front no. uh, yeah yeah so people were just like um that's,
1: that's like the that's like the simpsons episode isn't it where um is a, a halloween special and like the that's in the un and they're like uh, he's like the soviets will not stand for this and then all the other guys are like wait a minute didn't you guys break up? he's like, that's what we wanted. think." <laughs> and hits a button and it turns around all the fluffy bunny patrol or parades in Moscow change back to
0: like nukes and everything. Yeah. But I I'll throw up the link anyone have, you can have a look at it. But yeah, it caused a lot of, a lot of controversy because obviously given the significance of this like, you know, um, given what the significance and Given and, what
1: Russia is currently well, doing yeah. in uh, sort of Eastern
0: Europe. Yes, yeah, I exactly. Can, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention um, that too.
1: There we go from a nice jersey to a controversial one, um, controversial. Aaron. Something that's a lot less controversial. Uh, I'm going to come to you for yours because uh, this is fantastic. The first good news story we've seen coming out of the the Black organization in what seems like yeah, a generation, uh,
2: in quite a quite a while. Yes, uh, this is a story about uh, about uh, about uh, Rinaldi um, who is the first uh, Indigenous woman uh, to become a scout uh for the Blackhawks, uh, which isn't just a, a great story for a woman, but um she's the first Indigenous woman um as well, so it's breaking barriers all, all over the show. Um, she became the first nation, uh, first Nations woman to play uh hockey for Canada back in the Winter Olympics in two thousand and eighteen, and she earned her silver medal for that. Um, she didn't get pulled up for the 2022 Olympics though um, and she's just kind of been keeping uh, on the back pile keeping herself busy to try to get into the uh, to the next um, next round but in between times basically what happened was she was scrolling through Facebook one day and she got a, a message on on um, Facebook from the Blackhawks assistant manager Ryan jerk. Asking her if she would want to become um, a, a scout for them, she thought she thought it was it was fake. She actually had to Google him first to find <laughs> it, if, it, if it was real, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and she didn't she didn't take the job first off. She was waiting to see if she, she got pulled into the, the Olympics. Um, um, whether or sorry whether she was invited to the twenty twenty two Olympics. Um, she wasn't, so she she took the took the. Um, the gig, and she seemed to be absolutely loving it. Um, you know, watching the players, writing up the reports. There's just it's so there's so many nice things that they say about uh, about her um throughout this um throughout this article. Just saying that she you know she's she went through the full vetting process. She's got a hockey mind, her IQ is right up there. Um, she's, she's, she's just living. It. She's got all the, the skills, and they do make the point to say that she got the job fully on her own merit. There is nothing to do with um her being um a woman or being from an uh, indigenous background. It's solely on her skill base, which is yeah, it's brilliant. I mean,
1: certainly you look at the the achievements there: silver medal and then playing in three uh, world championships uh, as well. That's. Yeah. That that's hockey chops. Uh, if you needed them uh, to prove why she's going to be so good for the game, one of the interesting things that actually I've just read in the piece there is that she joins a, a very small group of female NHL mm-hmm. scouts. Um, so you've got um, Cami Garanto, who works with the Seattle Kraken, Blake Bolden with the LA Kings, and then this is the interesting one: Megan Hunter, who also is a scout for the Blackhawks. Black so Hawks. you you've got to be you've got to give the Blackhawks a little bit of credit on this one that they mm. are blazing a trail uh, as far as bringing women into really, really important roles within the organisation. Um, I mean, well, your scouts are where you're going to get your future talent. So, there's a really, fair play there's to a them. really good
2: quote. There's a really good quote from Stuart here saying that, you know, um, in his own words, we're looking for more diverse, just more opinions, uh, more different people to bring into the fold here. So, right. as you say, they are just looking uh, to, to break the world uh, and to get the skills that they need.
1: Yep, absolutely Great story. fantastic. Great story, um, Great. guys. That uh, that throws us to the end of period three, and uh, would generally would bring us on to the star segment, right? Confession time. It was Christmas week. Not even making an apology this time. the The last poll didn't go out. Um,
2: well, it was supposed to vote on Christmas Eve. I don't even know. People were probably too drunk yep. on turkey to be able to vote. <laughs>
1: Maybe not on Christmas Eve, but I'm going to make my... Not even my excuses. I'm just going to tell you what I had to do on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, I had to start doing all the prep on my own. I was left here in the house on my own. My wife hadn't even arrived in Scotland yet by this point. So I had to do all the prep for the next day. Then, then, after all that, after all that, I had to go pick her up from the airport, bring her home, make sure that she was fed. Um, Bear in mind that she's eating for two
0: currently. Um, So... Look, I'm not making excuses, but if I had to, I have a few. Do you realise, though, now when you go back and listen to this episode, I will have added in some sad music over that nice little. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I, I, I hope
1: so. Um, there there was a point was made on Twitter. Uh, we we put a tweet out tonight saying that uh, we we were going to be recording tonight, and uh, Mark uh, at Hot Dog Pen sixty seven once again, it, it is worth noting that he did take the time and effort to nominate uh, a star last time uh, which was i don't even have to look back my notes i remember this one it was mark andre Fleury uh, for his i believe 600th career win um yeah. so he does make the point of did i miss the door 14 star vote question mark and then not impressed with this first hashtag sack john i mean I... Like, mark <laughs> you're, you're not wrong okay but you're still a douchebag for saying it okay um, and then his second one was hashtag I win by default. Look, I can appreciate that because I'd be saying exactly the same thing. Do you know what? I think fair play to him. I think if we'd actually put yes. this out, I feel like Fleury was going to win it anyway. I feel like win. we award. Yeah. I feel like we award Mark the star for that one. Fair um, enough. Good, good nomination and um, default good, win. good bants, good bants afterwards,
2: and good hashtags and good, <laughs> good, hashtags. We like, we like a good hashtag. Hashtag fire job. Um, That's- it's got a good name to it could be another
0: episode title
1: it could be. could be um so looking ahead to this time guys it's been quiet as far as hockey goes um we've had multiple cancellations of games both here and elsewhere across the world um it probably comes as no surprise that we've maybe had our feet up for the last week and a half or so we've been busy with christmas uh, a couple of us are busy with kids um and all the rest of it so look we don't have any nominations this time around i I feel like we're we're gonna take the week off i know i said it last time and then all of a sudden people started coming up with nominations i think this time we're we're definitely gonna take the the week off on the stars competition everyone take the new year's off let's come back fresh in a couple of weeks okay get your get your thinking caps on get to some games as long as they go ahead and uh, let's get some good nominations for two weeks time okay
0: That'll do. So no door, no D fourteen star segment this week. Uh we do have one last segment, um, which we will just introduce as our overtime segment though before we finish off our show. Our overtime segment is just anything other than that fit if it doesn't really fit in anywhere else, as well as any comments or questions that we get from Twitter. Nothing this week, but I did think we should finish off our episode this week um just by um obviously as we mentioned at the start of the show, it is the festive period. We are coming out of uh, Christmas into the new year. And with that, always comes uh, new merchandise, new gifts, new presents, whatever that might be. Um, So I'm going to throw it to you two. Um, I'll I'll also cover it, and we'll cover Dave's because we know he got something. We'll talk about his. Uh, Any any good? I suppose hockey themed or hockey related gifts this year as part of your Christmas presents. Uh Aaron, we're going to go with you first. Um we know two of your presents and I really like them. Um but we're going to we're
1: going to start
2: high. We're going to start on a high, high here. here.
0: So uh, Aaron.
2: High. So if if you do get a chance to go on YouTube and you can actually watch Oh no, we'll put we'll put some pictures on the website, shall we? Yep. Uh but um I have to to put a big shout out to my sister who is absolutely amazing because you know you get asked questions. What do you want for Christmas? You're like, I'm alright. I I I got everything I need. I'm fine. Well, she went out and found something that I that I didn't know that I needed. Um, and but and you clearly something. did. But I clearly needed them. Um, so these will be these will take pride of place in, in the new house. I I told my wife that they're going to be going in the in the kitchen or in the in the TV room. You can guess how that went. So then about. you were told where I... they were actually going? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I> told <got laughs> where they were actually going to go. Um, but what she was able to get me are uh, two... Um, I'm showing you the Flyers one first. The Flyers uh, logo. Uh, cut out in wood and painted. They're, nice. they're so Class. nice. So that's one. Get, get rid of that
1: oh, one. Let's see the other get one. Get rid
2: of that one. I, I'm I'm starting off with this one because... Slow start, no, no, come no. on. <laughs> the best one is, is this one. Oh, That's a cracker. It looks
0: good. It does look good.
2: So what I'm holding is the Belfast Giants new logo. Um, made in lovely wood. And it's, it's proper 3D. It's like layered. That's really good. See that? That is yeah. cool. Uh, and uh, So it's, it's a guy on Etsy. I haven't reached out to him yet um, because when I, when I sent you the pictures on Christmas Day, I think I sent you them. Yep. And these were all like, oh, my God, we need them. Um, so when you go on the Etsy site, he doesn't have the Giants logo there. Um, he has a couple of, it's a guy called Hans. Uh, Hans! Right, Christmas Hans Gruber? There. Or, or Hans. So, Someone or, spoke to
0: Hans Gruber at Christmas? Or or Hans from the Medidux, um series as well, you know. Yeah, you know, of course. True. Rest in peace. Uh, true. Probably
1: not as famous a, a Christmas hands as Hans Gruber, if I'm <laughs> no, honest. No, no. But um, more hockey related, yeah. certainly.
0: Is Hans Gruber f- from Die Hard?
1: You need a slap. I for I not knowing that. Look, it's not Christmas until right you've right watched
0: now. Die Hard. It's not a Christmas movie, but okay. Um, <clears throat> continue. What? Continue. <laughs>
1: right. There's no star pole, but that's <laughs> going straight <laughs> up. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Watch the comments roll in.
2: I know the most hated episode, but yes, sorry. Um, So my sister uh, went on his on his uh, Etsy page. Find lot; he has a lots of NHL stuff, lots of movie and geek references, lots of Mario stuff. But they didn't have um, any of the local uh, EHL stuff. So she messaged him saying, "Hey, do you do anything custom? Do you do requests?" I've got a brother who's you know, a Belfast Giants fan. Do you do Belfast Giants logos? And he replied, the best reply, knowing that uh, she knew that he knew exactly what he was talking about. Which logo do you want? Do you want the old logo or do you want the new logo? And she was like, you'll do me. I have confidence in you. you yeah. to love it. Yeah. You've got confidence. And you, look, look I just... It I looks good. It, is. it does look it good. It is good. So, it is good. So we'll get some pictures and we'll get put up on, up on the website. That is... you. In f- in future podcasts, when I get into my new office, you will see that over my shoulder.
0: And and, and also... Uh, and
2: that
1: that that other one can go just right behind you.
0: I, sh- I should also say... Right behind so you can't see. <laughs> I should also say, let's not put up any information around Zetzi because Giants, please don't get them shut down because they've used your logo.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Nah. We'll, we'll not, yeah, there's probably some kind of copyright yeah also to oh, be fair no. if any if any company's gonna shut him down it's gonna be the nhl not yep. the elite I was
2: league
1: maybe just changes um, certain colors so it's technically
0: like fair use john what about you uh any any good merchandise this year
1: couple couple of merch things nothing nothing massive so the wife got me a lovely new belfast giants t-shirt mm-hmm. um I don't want to say that we settled for this one, but uh, there were a, a number of other T shirts were available on the the Giants uh, store. Now everyone knows because I've spoken about it on the podcast before that I'm not entirely taken. <laughs> I'm not entirely taken with the some of the merch that's available this year through the Giants, but uh, I have to admit that the black and white wasn't one that I, I went for. I have the teal one, but black and white one I, I quite like. I have yes I have I have that one. Yeah,
0: I'm
2: wearing um, teal one. To but that. the
1: but the black and white one, uh, it does. It just it does pop. It's it's quite good. Um, and I also have the the new logo uh, keyring because I said I needed uh, a new keyring for the the house keys for this place here. Um, and also, well, everyone kind of knows that I have the the pin badge hat, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which hasn't really been to a game for a while. Mostly because no. it was in a box for a while and it got kind of moldy. And I'm really scared about uh, putting it through the wash machine. I feel like the I I don't know what a wash wash machine does when a lot of pin badges end up inside its sort of mechanism, and that's kind of what I'm worried about. Um, but I got another pin badge, right. uh, which is the the new Giants logo. It has to be said, it's the biggest pin badge I've ever seen in my life. They are no joke, about three inches across. Mm. They are more ginormous. Of
2: a, more of a brooch than a pin. It's a medallion. <laughs> it's a medallion
1: like that. You're clearly—it's got two pins in the back of it. That's how big it is. Um, so you're clearly supposed to put those on some kind of chain, like a bike chain, and wear that round your neck. It's—it's uh, <laughs> it's jewelry, not—not not a pin. Um, um, but that's—that's that's the only—that's the only hockey-related gear I got this year. Uh,
0: we know Dave. My other—my
1: other, my other key present oh, was, is sitting in front of me there. You guys have seen it—is my uh, Lego Millennium Falcon, which love it.
0: Yeah, my uh, my main present. I I didn't get any. I didn't get any hockey themed presents this year on actual Christmas Day, but I've got money. I was given money uh, by my grandmother uh, to go and buy my my new hockey jersey, which I'm hopefully going to do tomorrow at the game. Tomorrow I'm going to buy one. Still haven't decided yet, Joe, because I kind of I'm torn between two jerseys, and I don't know whether I'm going to go for the full hundred and twenty pound. Let me let me guess. Let me
1: guess. Let me guess. Hang on, we have to guess which one it is that he's he's going to go for. It's definitely the teal pro.
0: That's that's one. I don't know if I'm going to go for pro or not i i don't know I don't See, see that, I'm, well leave
1: leave them leave them to one side i'm thinking teal mm-hmm. is definitely one that you're considering mm-hmm. the fact that they then released the challenge cup jersey with the it out logo yeah. and sponsors and stuff that's i'm guessing the other one that you're looking at
0: i'm looking at that one or the pride jersey which they released i really like the pride mm-hmm. one um, yes okay so right. i might just uh i know i won't get it for the pride game but i am considering the pride why not one. both so i might get both instead of the pro jersey because it'll cost the same amount um so mm-hmm. that's that's the my jersey
2: was really dave dave got a pro jersey he did he got and it the last
0: game. it's it's good like the quality's really like you can tell the quality's yep. great and it's it's a great it's a yep. really really great jersey um we were obviously <laughs> touching dave um <laughs> <laughs> it was either touching Dave or feeling Dave whatever we wanted to call it um but we were checking the jersey the jersey's great quality really really good um and I think it's worth the money um I just I kind of not, door I kind 14 of want- does not recommend touching Dave <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah so I don't know I don't know um speaking of Dave oh my, oh my other my other thing was also my main present for Christmas was also Lego this year um it was the uh i don't know if i sent a photograph of it or not but um i got the harry potter lego Um, it's the burrow um from harry potter lego so it's really is this
1: weird. now adding to your display that's on top of the piano Oh yeah yeah
0: no it's beside it now it's now on a shelf that we've now well, i was gonna say
1: it's not it's not the you could put the burrow away from yeah. uh hogwarts which is on your piano because clearly yeah. it's
0: not part of hogwarts it's, it's a lot of lego um but we know dave got a new jersey as well he got a minnesota wild jersey i think courtesy well, oh of...
2: this is like this is the, the third or fourth jersey the that... Dave has we've mentioned about Dave's in in this podcast. Look, like a... <laughs> outside of Oxo. not it...
1: <laughs> Dave, Dave is a Jersey library. Like, let's let's be perfectly honest. Like, if you if you wanted a Giants jersey, probably going back to the first season, all the way through, there's probably only a handful of them that he doesn't have. Uh, I know that I bought, not my first one, but I think I've bought at least three jerseys from Dave over the years. Mm. Um, different ones. So the the Rover MG one, I definitely bought, bought from him. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one that looks like the Rover MG one, but it's from the year before that doesn't have Damn. a whole part. Is it? No, it's the one that doesn't have, it's got like shoulder sponsors and that's it. Mm. There's that one as well. Was it not Jem? Uh, was, well.
2: was it not gem written
1: on the, No, Jem was a couple purple? of seasons oh, later, I, I think. Know. I don't know, actually. I, I think I was here for Jem.
0: No, you weren't here for Jem. Wasn't I? No. No. Maybe not. Definitely not.
1: Well, either either way, yeah. Dave, the Jersey Library.
0: Yeah, he, he got a... I think it was a St. Paul... Um, he did. St. Paul, Minnesota um, jersey um, for Christmas um, from his... his, his you say that life.
1: like it was new information for you. I was going to
2: say, I think. Did you not... <laughs> yeah, you we're integral. The-
0: I, 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 t- I got a lot of messages this year. This year, I got one from, uh, from obviously from about years present, um, a relation to what about this player what about this player do you think this player is better for this and I was like yep go with this this you know or think about this so we were talk- I was I kind of advised on jerseys in terms of player names and then for John's present I got a text message from uh, his sister and i have been like um, John said something about Lego that you have on display in the studio or somewhere it's a Star Wars theme <laughs> Star Wars theme thing that he likes what is it and can you send me a link to whatever it is so I was like yep here you go so I sent him the link exactly what right about it. I was like, is and you- also if you go here it's cheaper here and it's uh, opposite. Here, here, and here, and she's like, "Oh, thank you for so many options." She's probably like, "I didn't expect you to send me so much detail on Lego, but yeah." Well, thanks you because you've now bigger. opened a you, you
1: you've now opened a complete can of worms. I'm already looking at the display stand for it, the lighting kit for lighting it, kit.
0: everything. Yeah, I, I'm I've currently got a lighting kit on its way for the uh, for mine as well, um, and it, it does cost <laughs> a significant amount of money, but they're There's worth like it. A,
2: they're, like, they're like forty or fifty quid. Some
0: are, some are quite
2: expensive. I some are a lighting kit, yeah. I have a lighting kit somewhere for I bought my sister has the I have the same one. No, I have the older version uh-huh. than the one you have, because you ha you don't have the circle dish on the top of your lineup oven, you have the, I the do. square dish.
0: I have the square one.
1: I have the circle. So I have the last jet This is turning into a Lego yeah, podcast. That's, yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> we're we're too we're too um I'm loving it, but we're two hours in, guys, yeah. and it's a Lego podcast <laughs> yeah. all let's, of a sudden. <laughs> Let's change the
0: subject back. Let's bring it back in. Um, so that's this year's presents. Um, if you got anything good, let us know. And you can do that by reaching out to us on social media, uh, all different channels so on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at Door14Hockey. Uh, let us know if you've got anything good this year for, uh, for Christmas or any good gifts. Um, also, um, come back to us if you have any good stories, anything we should talk about in future episodes, if you have any opinions or comments on the things that we've talked about in this episode, definitely let us know. Uh, we always like to hear from everybody um, in relation to what we've talked about. Um, check out previous episodes, all the content from this one, including the photographs of uh, Aaron's beautiful Christmas gifts we'll put up on our website at door 14 uh, it's at door14hockey.com. Um, and I think with that really then that really takes us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, as usual you can uh, stream us in all the usual places you've listened to us wherever it is you've listened to us today, but we're on all of the smart Speakers. uh we're on youtube now so get on you can watch the video and see our beautiful faces and and see the things we're talking about um and more importantly you can um, see our
2: faces let's not over well over yeah, some yeah, of us let's have, not oversell some, on that. some <laughs> of us have beautiful
0: fa- some of us have beautiful faces um but uh more we're importantly get taken down
1: for false advertising yeah <laughs> uh,
0: more importantly leave us a, a link or uh, leave us a like or a comment or a review um it's really greatly appreciated and it will help with the algorithm um so yeah uh, please do so Al Gore's written them, though. No, no algorithm? No, sorry. Uh, with that, I'll sign off for this week. I'm Marty. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a great week.